You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Tomorrow morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick old trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble on drum. Beat out old trouble on drum. Beat out old trouble on drum. And kick old trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. And kick old trouble out the door. Kick him out the door. Kick him out the Welcome to Radical Australia Community Radio 3CR. This program is streaming on 3cr.org.au. If the uh, bikey next door comes in for a cup of sugar for his meth lab, relax, the program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Every week we have a fascinating guest. And once again, Kelly the producer has fished out of the Australian fish tank another fascinating guest. Van Rudd, how are you? Oh, I'm great, thanks, Joe. How are you? Oh, I'm always well. You know, if you're, a, if you're a presenter, you have to be well. I may have gut ache, be vomiting, have diarrhoea, but for your sake, I'm well. <laughs> yeah, likewise, eh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank, yeah thanks for having me on the show. No, well, thank, thank Kelly. See, what happens... Thanks, Kelly. Yeah. yeah, this is the most laid-back radio show in Australia. It's the only real conversation hour. We don't have ads, community announcements. We just talk to you. And uh, Kelly picks the uh, victims... Uh, sorry, the guests. Okay. <laughs> now, Van, we yeah. start... Look, I'm pretty, you know, basic and uh, I haven't got much of a brain, so I'll really start at the beginning. Uh, what year were you born? Just to orientate our listeners, what generation you're from? Yeah, I was born in 1973. 73. Oh, the lost generation. The lost generation, <laughs> 1973. Now, Van, what, what's the first thing you remember about being on planet Earth? Um, I think it was um, a piece of honey on toast. Oh, uh, yeah, a piece of honey on toast. It's one of my earliest memories. And how old do you think you were? No, I was probably... Three or four. Right. Yeah, well, that's a great. Yeah. That's a great way to have consciousness, isn't it? Honey on toast. Did you have butter with the honey? Because I love it with butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. Um, it was one of the main points. Was was the butter on it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just wonderful, isn't it? When you think about it, childhood can be horrible and can be wonderful. Um, are okay. your parents still alive? Yes, they are. So we can't say anything rude about them, obviously. Do you want to say anything about your parents, your mum and dad? Um, yeah, well, not too much. Uh, right. They're um, they're still up in Queensland, uh-huh. um, Sunshine Coast. Um, they're doing well, as um, many people have been lucky enough to do uh, under these current conditions. And um, and uh, yeah, they're basically uh, in a town called Namble. Yeah, I know Namble yep. well. Yep, yep, yep. Glasshouse mm-hmm. Mountains, the pineapples. How do I know all these things? 
Van? Well, uh, you, you might have to tell me that. <laughs> well, where, where were you born? I was born in Nambour. Yeah, well, I was born in Brisbane, the Royal Women's Hospital in 1951. There you go, we're brothers. Queenslanders. We're the top. Yeah, yeah, we're the type that when we bend over, we know the sun will shine. That's that's who we are. We're Queenslanders. <laughs> Although I've been here in Victoria for over forty years because I was I was a refugee. I had to leave during the Bjelke Pearson era, but that's another story. Seventy three. Mm. Mm. Did your parents come from Australia or were they migrants? My mother came from Vietnam mm-hmm. uh, during that war period. Uh, and my dad was in the army, uh, the Australian army, and that's how they met was, um, mm. uh, during that um, horrible phase of US imperialism in Vietnam. So, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, my dad's um, uh, English side of, you know, uh, English Australian, I guess, if you want to call it that, and my mother's Vietnamese. Yeah, look, it's amazing, isn't it, how human beings overcome the most horrific situations and uh, come together. I mean, I remember... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember all the kerfuffle here in Australia when the Australian servicemen who were posted to Japan brought back their Japanese wives, you know. It was a huge, huge, uh, you know, huge kerfuffle. It was a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. yeah so where did they... Yeah. Do you know what what part of Vietnam they met in? What part your mum comes from? Yeah, it was the south. Mm-hmm. Uh can't be too specific, I don't think, but uh, it was the, um, uh, you know, close to um, Saigon and, right. and also in an area uh, called Bentre. So, right. you know, a lot of listeners might know of that now because of how many tourists have been to Vietnam now. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Do you have any siblings, any brothers and sisters? Uh, yeah, two brothers. Two brothers, and uh, I assume, what, you were the youngest, the oldest, or in the middle? You have to be one of those three. Uh, in the middle. Oh! <laughs> yeah. It's not a good place to be, is it? <laughs> no, I loved it. Did you? Why is that? I, I, oh, I just, um, well, firstly, uh, I didn't uh, really think about, you know, the pecking orders and things like that, and uh, it seemed to do, do me fine being in the middle. Uh, you know, I didn't didn't cop the the uh, experimentation that parents had to do, and also, uh, you know, I could I was still able to, um, you know, leave home fairly early and all that. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I had no problems with that. Well, yeah, that's right. You don't get cop the experimentation, and you don't get over over loved, you know, or just let to go wild when you're the youngest because <laughs> you haven't got the energy to stop them. So. Yeah. It, did you go to preschool and primary school in Nambour? Yes, that's right. Yes. Well, do you remember much about uh, preschool or um, primary school? Yeah. Uh, the one thing I do remember about preschool was, uh, sadly, the warm milk. <laughs> and uh, I still have nightmares about it. So... Um, yeah, look, yeah that's, uh, uh, look, talk about the 70s and the lost generation. That, I'd say that'd be part of it. You know? Look, mate, I've got some bad news for you. 
milk was introduced into Queensland by the Labor government in the 1920s to ensure that <laughs> kiddies like you and me had enough mu- nourishment because it was a very expensive commodity. And it also they did it to help the dairy industry, which was on its knees during that period. And I have the same recollections in the late 50s and mid-50s when I went to primary school of warm milk just being left in the sun and then you'd go out and it'd be dished out to you. Yeah, it was wonderful, wasn't it? Don't tell me you loved it, though. Well, put it this way. I think we Some people may, loved it. I think in the 50s we may be a little bit poorer than kids in the 70s, you know? So... <laughs> Well, he didn't turn it back, but it did have, you're quite right, it has a distinct taste, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, well, I drank it, but, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was torture. Torture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, what was primary school like? Uh, it was, um, you know, pretty forgettable. I mean... Forgettable? It, yeah, look, um, it was a... <clears throat> uh, my grandmother on my dad's side um, sort of, um, I guess, put us through uh, a, a St. Joseph's Primary School. So Ooh. it was a Catholic, a Catholic primary school. Yes. And, um, yes. and I just have a distinct memory of... I know it's not as strict as it would have been uh, in earlier decades, but uh, mm. I just have memories of a, of a nun slapping my arms when I folded them one day. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Welcome yeah, to the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but look, you know, like I said, not as intense as uh, the previous decades and stuff, but uh, it was, you know, um, enough to be happy to end up in a public high school. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, because um, my parents being, I mean, your, your mother was an immigrant and obviously a lot of the Vietnamese refugees were Catholic, but you said it was your grandmother yeah, yeah. who put you there. But... Um, I remember that uh, the first school I went to was St. Brendan's in Salisbury, or Cooper's Plains. That was 1956. Mm-hmm. And my yeah. parents, being Italian migrants, they um, kind of put me there. And I was in, I think, the last month of grade one, and my father comes in in his work boots, you know, sweating with a singlet on, you know, and he grabs me by the arm and he takes me to the local state school, which was Maruka State School, and enrolls me there. I never asked him, and I'm pretty confident he must have heard rumours about pedophile priests. <laughs> and oh. He rescued me, and I'm forever grateful, you know, because that's, that's that what it was like. Yeah. So did it just you... takes one person to yeah. you know, save a few lives. Yeah. So how, how did, did you excel at anything at primary school, or just trudge through like most of us did? Um. <clears throat> Yeah, look, uh, it, it may may not be a surprise to, to a surprise to some people, but I just I, I couldn't help but draw everything, you know. Like I was, um, I couldn't read for for shit really. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I could, but um, it just wasn't my cup of tea. And I was that sort of person who would, you know, draw inside the covers of books mm. instead of reading the books and. Mm-hmm. Um, and mind you, though I can, I feel like I can read really well now. <laughs> but back then, but back then, you know, it was um, a bit yeah. of a struggle, and um, comprehension wasn't great. And yeah. Um, but yeah, if I excelled at anything, it was probably that and and sport. Right. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, my my late 
wife was a professional artist, and she said, used to say to me, I'm going to take a line for a walk. So that's what you were doing in primary school, in the, in the, in the corners of the books, uh, where, you, where you're taking a yeah. line for the walk and creating things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I mean, look, you know, not, nothing too exciting, like just rocket ships and stuff on yeah. the inside pages, but yeah. 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 Did, you, did you play battleships? Uh, in class. In class. In class. Oh, very rarely. <laughs> very, yeah, oh, come a, on. <laughs> wasn't a big fan of that game. Were you? Uh, no. And I assume you excelled on the sporting field. You were a you know, rugby league nerd, I assume. No way, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I um, loved the world game. Uh, the wo- hey, 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 hey. <laughs> this is the Are we set- going to enter a... No, 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 no. I'm interested in your formative uh, influences. Was your father an English soccer fan or something? No. How did you, how did you, how did you get in love with a lot of wogs in your class? No. Uh, it, look, I, I think it was just um, just happenstance, really. The the local clubs were, um, I mean, look, my parents are going to know the details, but I just remember um, local coaches going around scouting or looking for people. Right. And um, my mother was keen to get us into some clubs, and um, and um, I'm not mm. sure what my dad mm. was thinking at the time either. Mm. But um, it was yeah, we just uh, ended up in uh, the Nambour Soccer Club and uh, the nearby Wumbai Soccer Club, and um, and yeah, that was our, our introduction to outdoor outdoor soccer. That's interesting because Queensland was never really a haven for soccer in those days. No, yes, no, no. So well, look, did, you, did you have a yeah. Scottish-English community up that way that uh, formed, or, or maybe Croats or uh, people from the Baltic states or Italians in the soccer clubs? Oh, that's a very interesting question. I've never actually delved into that. Um, I think it was um, possibly a legacy of those who just didn't feel adequate to play rugby league and, mm. um, you know, drew it just drew in all these kids that, well, you know, that soccer's still the most popular sport for youngsters yeah. in Australia. Yeah. So it's probably, um, you know, that type of scene as well where, you know, all these young people were doing it, yeah. except for girls. Obviously, the girls weren't um, able to that easily. But, um, yeah, but, so, yeah, it was... Um, I never actually looked into the ethnicity of, of right. um, yeah. certain clubs. Yeah, because uh, a, lot, a lot of the early soccer clubs were based on uh, ethnic... Um, you know, backgrounds, yeah, yeah. and if you look at their yeah, symbols, yeah. like uh, you'd always see the Croatian cross, and then when the Serbs and the Croats would have a game, yeah. it would end up in a fist fight. It was just a. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but you had nothing, yeah, no, like, well, nothing like that in Nambul? No. I no. Just like <laughs> you just played uh, soccer, did you? Yeah, I felt like it was just. Um, <laughs> yeah, these. Um, you know, as far as I remember, the, the coaches and stuff were. You may as well have rugby league players as coaches, you know? That's how. <laughs> That's how I remember them, so, yeah, you know. Right, right. Now, at home, um, uh, you spoke English as your primary language or was it a combination of Vietnamese and English? Um, it started off when we were very young with a combination of Vietnamese and English, but mm. um, pretty much straight away it was just totally English. Right. Did, did, did you, um, did, have you held on to the, any of the Vietnamese or, or expanded on it? I tried to do that in um, my early university years mm-hmm. 
Brisbane, I tried to go to a you know a local TAFE and do Vietnamese, but um, I just yeah sadly just lost interest pretty quick. Like, yeah. I couldn't keep up, and yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, so it's a bit unfortunate. Yeah, let's go. Let's go back a bit. So you uh, graduate from primary school, known as the Dawdler. You dawdled in your books. And uh, yep. doodler, not doodler. Thank you. It's like I got a producer here, but you know, similar, yeah, similar thing. Yeah, you know, but, you know, yeah. yeah being a, a migrant background, I've always had trouble with English. I didn't speak a word of English till I was five, but that's a difference. That's it's your show, oh, not right. mine. Yeah, different, yeah. yeah, different. So you, um, so where'd you go? Not another religious based secondary college or a state college? Uh, state college, yeah. Uh, uh, state Nambour State High School. That's got a, that had a good reputation. Well, compared to where I went to Salisbury State High School, Nambour was this light on the hill. Really? Yeah, so you can understand how bad secondary education was in Queensland. All right. Yeah, well, I had no idea it was deemed as that. Yeah, so what was it like at Nambour State High? Oh, look, uh, I I just... um, At the time, I mean, I wasn't much of a a um what would you call it like someone who who decides to break out of the square you know the cube yeah. whatever yeah, yeah. I was just going by the motions you know I, I did my sport I did my all my subjects uh, subjects passed them all um, uh-huh. was still crap at maths and English right. but, um, and just loved to draw you know and I uh-huh. wasn't even politically inclined at all and um, and yeah, I mean, look, it it was a good school from that perspective, um, but it's just occasional moments of realizing your, your background, and you know, um, I looked more Asian when I was young. If there is a, a certain look, um, mm-hmm. but um, and that sort of you know got a few reactions from some students, yeah. but um, overall, yeah, I. No real problems with that high school. Right, and uh, the teachers, uh, any any outstanding teachers you'd like to give a tick to on air, or uh, you just prefer to forget about it? No, no, there was there's a handful that um, yeah. I give my total respect to. Um, one was a maths teacher. Believe it or not, I did algebra, mm-hmm. um, or advanced maths as they called it, and um, it was a parrot learning. I learned it parrot style, so... Mm-hmm. Hence, I, I mentioned earlier that I wasn't good at math, so this is parrot-style learning. And um, and the teacher we had, Mr. Keogh, if you're still out there, um, was just a brilliant, very um, well-rounded teacher and um, very level-headed and calm and possibly had the character that allowed you to uh, not feel so crap if you're crappy at math. So... Um, so that's Mr. Keogh. There was also um, a few sort of hidden characters that weren't weren't um, loud speakers, but were calm as well. And they were in shop A um, and technical drawing, which I loved as well. You know, woodwork and all that. And um, oh, I just can't even remember their names, but right. yeah, shout right. out to them anyway. Yeah. How did you How did you go with metalwork? I never liked metal, so I did it, but. Yeah. Um, I much preferred wood, mm. and um, and uh, it, yeah, it just was much oh. more malleable to me, and mm. and didn't have that scratchy sound. Yeah, did, you, did you ever get the edges on your uh, cake tins 
I always had trouble with the edges on my cake tins. All right. No, I never did a cake tin. Didn't you? No, no. I took my first cake tin home to mum, you know, and she just looked at it and shook her what? head. Oh, <laughs> what type of woodwork did you do? <laughs> <laughs> she took home to mum and she shook her head at Oh, yeah, look, for metalwork, it was mainly spatulas and uh, egg flippers. Oh, um, they didn't trust you with a cake tin. <laughs> no, we weren't that advanced in there, so, um, and, uh, yeah, woodwork was jewellery boxes and um, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Did you ever give any to your mum and she still, still treasures them? Yeah, no, that was actually ceramics in uh, art that right. I gave my mum a um, small um, ceramic jewellery box. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think she still might have it. I'm sure she has. I'm sure she has. She, she remembers yeah. the the nice Van Wright. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right. Look, look, now, just one more question before we leave high school. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, yeah. I, I, I like soccer. I hate to say this. I should say football. We don't use the word soccer here in Victoria. I don't like soccer either. I was doing that for the Australian audiences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what position did you play? Uh, it was mostly left wing. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, did a bit of goalkeeping, but... Um, well, you, you're a big bloke, um, aren't you? You're tall. No, no. no it's just... <laughs> You know how you just get thrown in. Everyone gets a turn yeah, in the situation. Yeah, um, yeah. But left wing was my favourite position. Left wing, that's that's um, a bit of yeah. a worry, isn't it? <laughs> it was, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, have, things to thought, come, who would have thought? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Who'd have thought the theme would have started really early? <laughs> I mean, the corruption, the corruption of. You know, yeah, that's right. You were yeah, corrupted yeah. As, a, as a young man that's playing right. football, oh, you know, left yes, winger. Yes, yes. <laughs> Football indoctrinated me early. Yeah. yeah. So did you have a bit of yeah. speed on you, did you? As your left winger? Not really, no. I mean I was <laughs> I was I'd say moderate, moderate. speed wise. Yeah. Um but I just had a a um a fairly decent cross with my left foot, so um oh. I felt like I could um you know, um you know, bring the ball down to the opposition's end fairly quickly and yep. um but you know, I was I was average. I wasn't like a superstar player at the time. And um, uh, uh. if anything, uh, I didn't learn anything about football strategy and tactics until I moved to Melbourne. All oh, right, that's interesting. So uh, yeah. your uh, bedroom wasn't festooned with pennants and cups to uh, remind you of your glory days as a uh, <laughs> football player. Nah, just a couple of those. If anything, um, I had. Tons of posters of surfers because I was in, you know, me and my brothers were surfing a lot. Surfing at Nambour? Well, that's, <laughs> that's to be expected, isn't it? you got some of the best waves in the world. Clean beaches. Yeah, you know, yeah, when the creeks got flooded, you'd catch the creek wave down to the beach. Yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that's what my room was for. Um, waves and surfers at the time. Did, yeah. you, did your parents, you said you were born in 73, they ever tell you about the great floods of 74? Yes. Yes. Uh, that was actually probably something they didn't have to tell us. It was, there was those, you know, the old photos you see in yeah. shops around the place? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's how I would have found out. Yeah. Could I bore you with a story? Oh, well, um, no, that, that's uh, fine. The, uh, the 74 floods... I was uh, living uh, with this uh, young woman on the top floor of a hotel 
near, next to Breakfast Creek. And in those days, weather forecasting was ratchet. They didn't have satellites, you know. And I woke up about 3 o'clock in the morning, as you do, to empty your bladder. And, and I was just living in the room in this hotel. And I swing my feet across and I'm standing in water up to my knees. Oh, wow. So I wake up the young woman. And we were, you know, you know, when you're young, you go to bed naked. And uh, she <laughs> grabs a sheet, and we rush to the window, and we open the window, and there's just floodwaters right up to the window oh, no. overnight. Jeez. Unbelievable! It was unbelievable. Fortunately, wow. somebody turned up with a boat because they were trying to rescue people from the top stories, and uh, jumped on Jeez. this boat. And I've got a picture of us when we landed on the shore that morning, she's wrapped up in a sheet, I've got my underpants on, and there's oh. all these other refugees hanging around in oh. a semi clay That's how quick it was. It was just a massive... One third of Brisbane went underwater. It was just massive. Jeez. Was that um, during the summer period, or was that, uh, oh. you know, the cooler months? Oh, who knows? I can't, I can't remember. You know what Queensland like. In those yeah, days, yeah. summer was summer, and, you know, winter mm. was summer. Basically. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have asked that question. No, no but, um, yeah. yeah, but I was just going to say, I do remember a bit of pre- Breakfast Creek there um, and yeah. the pubs along it, but yeah. I don't remember too much, yeah. yeah. So the world's your oyster, you're surfing, you're playing football, you graduate from high school, what happens next? Um. I decided to do humanities at uh, Griffith Uni. Mm. And, uh, All the way from Nambour to Mount Cravat. Did you take a train or something? I ended up moving there, um, moving to Brisbane. And, um, mm. and you know, when I chose the, uh, the subject, humanities, or, or the course, it was more like a, you know, um, you know just to throw the dice, really. I, I didn't really have an interest in in particularly, you know, a, a future in, in, you know, like a mm. university. I just thought, oh, everyone else seems to be going to university, so, <laughs> so why don't I, you know? Mm. And uh, I didn't even think, oh, I could have done, you know, Queensland College of Art, you know, mm. visual arts. Um, I didn't even think of that. So it was just, um, I don't mind the sound of humanities, you know, I'm interested in... Um, some things about society, you know, I was, wasn't that um, politically literate, if you want to call that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah ended up doing that. Did you, did you miss out on the interview with the careers uh, officer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you said Nambour High was, was, had a good reputation, but it mustn't, it mustn't have for that because I don't remember any, any advice there. Yeah, maybe they never left uh, the Brisbane CBD, the careers officers. I remember, you know. I yeah, that's right. Uh, so you end up because Griffith University. What what year was that? Ninety what? Ninety three? Something like that when you first went there? Yeah, uh, ninety one. Ninety one to ninety three. I was yeah, because yeah. that's that was a very small campus in those days. You could walk around it, it in was, ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. they'd only have what humanities and a few other specialties, wouldn't they? They wouldn't have had any of the big uh, courses those days: engineering, medicine, any of that. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I don't remember. There was probably a few, um, and mm. I know there was a, that campus that was further in the in the in the bush mm. Um, mm. that had uh, you know stuff like PE and for teachers and all that. I yeah. forget yeah. exactly the name, but yeah. 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 Did you ever 
cross the road and go to the cemetery? Oh, now, I, I didn't even think of that. Um, you didn't think of that? <laughs> no, look, I, I, I didn't even know there was a cemetery. Well, you didn't know about McGregor Cemetery. What's going on, mate? No. It's just around All the corner near the stadium. No, never knew. Never um, knew. Because oh. I'd, I'd actually been to that stadium and I'd also lived in a in a, ha- a rented house just right next to the, the, the football oval for Griffith Uni. Right. And um, so I used to cross that oval to get to Clark. Yeah, the cemetery was just up the hill. Yeah, I never knew. Never knew this. Well, he'd go there to visit yeah. my last resting place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I mean, it's, it's really great talking to a Queenslander. I haven't, I haven't, you know, I haven't <laughs> lived in Queensland for about forty-five years, but it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, yeah. the old man—he was the typical Italian. He was always looking for real estate, and uh, oh, yeah. and uh, one day he came home excited. He said the cemetery trust has just opened up the uh, uh, the cemetery to the building mausoleums, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he purchased this block on the front row. You know, so he wouldn't be stuck amongst all the dead, he said. (laughs) And he built built a 12-box mausoleum. There's two people in there. What's that mean? Well, what it means is it's it's above ground and there's room to put 12 coffins in it, individual coffins. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. It's it's A-class, triple, you know, five. (laughs) And I've put in my my will just to save my family... uh, Funeral costs, you know. I put in my will that I want to be buried there with my parents. So, two of the boxes have been oh, taken yeah. up, and I thought you'd come and visit me, mate. You know. Well, yeah, if you can cut costs, um, yeah, doing that, um, yeah, it's there. Full mark, full marks to you, yeah, because um, yeah, that's something um, you know, not, not many people would think of. No, nah, but the um, old man did. Yeah. So I'm, I'm forever grateful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just for real estate. Yeah. <laughs> Well, getting back, getting back to your life. So um, yeah. I assume life at Griffith because I went to Griffith. I didn't go to Griffith as a student, but I used to visit because my sister used to teach there in those days. Oh right, and she maybe even taught you. Who knows? No, she was the librarian. That's right. She was the librarian. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, librarian still taught me a few things. Yeah, well, that's good. She made yeah, how to look for look yeah. for um, <laughs> books and stuff because I was yeah. uh, I needed to learn how to look for books. Well, she may have she may have been the librarian you interacted with. Did you interact with a little, yeah, a little right. woman who was very intense and really knew her business? Or yeah, look, I, I don't actually remember the person. No. But yeah, uh, <laughs> right. yeah, but right. I, I yeah, libraries. I, I still needed help to right, look around. Right. I assume you graduated yeah. with honours. <laughs> no. What happened? No, no. I, I just passed um, a lot of the subjects. Uh, uh, yeah, look, uh, I just, um, it, it's a hard one because, you know, I I was growing, you know, intellectually, I guess, pretty much as I left university. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when you enter employment or you, you, uh, you know, because study back then was enough to survive on and, um, you know, you could you know, party, bludge, whatever, join rock bands, do all that stuff. So I did waste a lot of hours at university. No, um, no, 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 no. That's education. That's a, that's what's called, <laughs> yeah, well, that's what's you... called a broad education, which the young people <laughs> don't have. <laughs> yeah, well, look, uh, I used to be a bit bit liberal in that sense in terms of, 
you know, let people off like that, let myself off. But no, I look back and go, no, you wasted it. You wasted, you know, not heaps, but, you know, you learn a few things by partying, but Uh, but not much, yeah, uh, not much. You learn what drugs not to take and when, but that's a different story. (laughs) Yeah, I learned pretty quick. (laughs) Um, But, um, yeah, so... Yeah, I forgot what your question was. Um, oh, but world's yeah. your oyster. What did you do next after your, your brilliant pass? Oh, so, yeah, university. Uh, what did I do? Join a rock band, uh, as, as you do. <laughs> as you do. <laughs> as you do. What, lead singer, I assume? Uh, no, um, drums. Drums, yeah. Or percussion, if you want to be technical. Mm. Um, and... Um, well, that was one aspect I, of life that I didn't um, point out, which did play a bit, was um, was uh, our, our grandmother um, having a real interest in us playing classical piano. So she put us in these classes when we were young and grew up doing all that stuff, um, which we hated, but it obviously taught us a lot about music. So we um, rebelled. We rebelled uh, using rock and roll, and I chose drums, and my brothers chose guitar, and um, and that's how come when I went to Brisbane and went to university, you know, I was on the lookout for musicians and stuff, and and lo and behold, um, I'm in a in a band, um, and we played lots of gigs, or started playing lots of gigs in Brisbane, and um, and it's funny how that happens because you. Yeah, university was just a side thing, you know. You, you're just there. Um, you could collect your old study payments. That's what you. Yeah, that's for. right. Yeah, <laughs> your, your scholarship to yeah. to be a musician, and um, that's how I viewed it. And yeah, so yeah. that's pretty much you know the cap, capping the the Brisbane phase. Right now, if because of the uh, social media these days, now what do I, what band name do I need to put in? to my search engine to see you play? Um, we don't have... We never had an Instagram name. <laughs> no, we just... No, we, we stopped playing in about 2003 or four. I can't remember. Yeah, but well, there must be there must be some clips uh, of you somewhere. What's the band's name? No, look, we... <laughs> oh, come on, any, come on. Any videos... <laughs> I'm sure somebody's uh, got a video of you somewhere. Kelly's nodding her head. She knows about these things. No, no. Come on, give we us the... Called, we were called Cheezel Cane at the time. Cheezel so like Cane. Yeah, like a like a packet of Cheezels with Citizen Cane. That, um, oh, oh the, there's the political Kane. element. Citizen <laughs> Cane and Cheezel. No, I had, I had not, nothing to do with the name. Uh, I joined a bit later. But, um, yeah, that's funny. Uh, so... Um, yeah, look, if, uh, I'll almost be be happy if someone finds some online footage um, yeah. because I've, I I haven't found any. Um, and uh, but that's uh, yeah, that was a big part of yeah. my life actually coming coming to Melbourne in that band. Right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Kelly some homework as he's the producer. Usually, what we <laughs> what we do is uh, with the podcast we have a picture of the of the uh, interviewee. So if we can find a picture of that band <laughs> with you, ahead, playing, the, with you playing the drums, that's going to be it. <laughs> one of them, one of them, one of them. Yeah, classic. Okay, all right. So, um, so was this just a rock and roll band or did you have a political edge to it or a hard edge? or? 
No, well, at the time it matched my kind of mm-hmm. um, lack of an outlook on, on the world. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I had one, but it was, you know, it was, it was wishy-washy. It was, uh, if anything, I was educated in, in the arts along those uh, well-ingrained philosophical lines of, um, you know, just express yourself like like Van Gogh did in his corner, the corner of his studio, yeah. and you'll be discovered one day. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know your outlook on the world is is based on more or less an individualistic mm-hmm. base, uh, and and so the music was part of that. Having said that, though, um, uh, I believe the songs are mostly written by the lead singer. Um, Patrick Devery, if you're still out there, um, <laughs> and uh, he wrote some amazing songs, and we co-wrote a few together, and um, some were quite politically incisive, I thought, and uh, but mostly they were pop songs, and along the lines of um, of Weezer at the time, if people remember, mm-hmm. um, the US band Weezer, and, and uh, yeah, we just just gig like. Uh, did lots of gigs around Melbourne at the, mm. the mid-90s mm. on, onwards, yeah. And how many Grammys and Arias did the band score? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me tell you, let me tell you. I've got a lovely story, um, and I'll just try to be brief. Um, but um, we did enter... Uh, well, look, we're out, my knowledge, basically, of the music in, industry was pretty crap, but um, we entered uh, what you'd call... Um, the um, Melbourne Songwriters Group. I can't remember exactly mm. the name, but, you know, it's a circle of, um, you know, well, really well-meaning musicians and stuff to help each other out, get gigs and all that. And, and we entered one of their rounds of competitions and um, uh, we won it. And we, um, uh, at the same time, just didn't believe in awards. So we... Uh, Sorry to those out there who administered the, the prize, but I thought you might like to know because uh, it doesn't take away uh, any of the integrity of, of of all that you had for music. But um, but yeah, we basically um, won this prize, and um, we thought, what's the best way to remember it? And so we lobbed it like a discus into the water at Albert Park because I think that was. Uh, the lake, the lake yeah, there. Uh, yeah, that man-made, and, human-made um, lake, yeah. We can yeah, find that so award. What did it look like? <laughs> <laughs> no, no it, was, it, was a nice, it was a nice piece. And, um, well, was it, was it metal? Uh, it was, was it the, metal? Was it metal? Part, partly metal, I believe, and wood. But um, we'll find it the was, um, we just thought, yeah, a nicer way to remember it would be, oh. um, uh, would be that type of action. Right. And, um. Mm. So yeah, it um, it was like I said, um, it was a, a I guess a personal thing that myself and um, Patrick felt at that time when we decided to throw it. Um, mm. But um, look, that's just that's just a tiny part of I guess um, mm. uh, things that would happen later, and, and um, uh, we did actually get um, interest from. The very company that um, Weezer was under in the United States, um, mm. which is Geffen at the time. You know, um, mm. people probably heard of Geffen, the, um, the crazy capitalist that um, you know had a record label in the United States. 
Um, and so, yeah, we got some money to, we got an advance to record a, a, um, a demo for them. And, um, and that was probably late uh, 98, 99, I think. Mm, yeah. Well, you'll be out there somewhere. We'll find you. We'll find it on YouTube. <laughs> but that yeah. was a short chapter. So, right. Yeah. All right. That's so when, when your music career came to a screeching halt, so mm-hmm. what? That, that's a big hole in your life. What, what happened next? Well, yeah, look, it, 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 it tapered off. It wasn't an abrupt halt. Mm. Um, I, I played in you know, three other bands, uh, after that, and um, as you know, I, feel, I thought of myself as a well-rounded musician. Like I played bass and keyboards as well, so we, you know, did that sort of thing. And um, and look, this 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 is like really cutting it all down into a small section um, of of what happened. Um, I um, played a played in a band with my current partner Tanya, and um, it. Um, she was on drums and I was on bass, and um, that's uh, part of how we got to know each other too, is through that. So, um, yeah, and that time, at that time, my political side of me was was growing quite exponentially. Any, any particular reason? Because um, you're, you're pretty old by then. Aren't you? You're in what you're yeah, thirty. No, so, because most yeah. people are politically active when they're teenagers, then they taper off. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was, um, it wasn't that abrupt. So what happened was, you know, even the late nineties, we, the bands we were in, you know, I played a couple of gigs, anti Hanson gigs, you know, Pauline Hanson gigs and, um, anti Pauline Hanson gigs, I should say, not Pauline Hanson gigs. And, uh, and so, um, you know, when I was here in Melbourne with my brother, we went to a rally for the, um, to, um, you know, to stop the the sackings of public transport workers, you know, it's the late nineties, and um, you know, you just see a rally, you go, yeah, I want to join this rally, you know, uh, support these workers, and um, and also, um, you know, turned up sadly on the wrong day for the S eleven protest, but you know, I was, it was, I was lapping uh, up. Uh, 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 it was on for a week, mate. Yeah, <laughs> no, you I turned up the gone. wrong week. Yeah, no, I must have went there when there was a victory march or something. Yeah, because yeah. all the, the barricades were still up. Yeah, the cops still had all their stuff up. And yeah, yeah. yeah, so I feel quite inadequate about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, so, was there, I was there every day. And I didn't see you, mate. Come on, come on, nah, fess nah, up. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have recognised me. <laughs> let, let, let's move forward. Let's move forward. So, so what? <coughs> so, so you said. Did you go back to taking your line for a walk and uh, your artistic career after your music uh, career died down, or did you? What did you do? So yeah, so uh, apart from shaking so, up and you know having a relationship, that's not important. Yeah, no, that's um. So you know, in the background of all this, right? I'm still painting and drawing, and I'm mm. taking it super seriously. You know, like it. It was I was you know doing gallery exhibitions since the mid-90s, you know, um, basically keeping up the visual art and um, went to, uh, you know, decided to use use up some um, government money to do, you know, get a space at RMIT to work, do some work uh, as a student and, um, 
And so it was basically during that period, late 90s, uh, I met my partner, Tanya, current partner, Tanya, and um, and uh, herself being uh, Chilean, of Chilean background, uh, we could, I guess, discuss a bit more of the history of US imperialism and, and, um, and I guess, her um, background in the, the Democratic Socialist Party at the time really really exposed me to a lot more politics and um, I took a while but I, I gradually lapped it up and um, hence you get this sort of, you know, this combination of, of a new political um, perspective and uh, the creative side of me sort of merging. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so this is sort of happening in the early 2000s. And how did that evolve? Uh, how did it evolve? I mean, I don't know how it started, but how did it, you know, evolve? Did it uh, did it take up more and more time time in your life? Did it become? Um, yeah, oh, it just um, yeah, it took a um, quite a lot of time, and um, you know the the way we operated as you know as a couple, if you want to call it that, like yeah. it, it was very um, kind of. Uh, you know, open to all these ways of, of um, you know, uh, trying to, you know, put it this way, we weren't those sort of people that, you know, said, oh, you've got to go get a full-time job now, you know, mm. and save for a house. And, yeah. and you know, so we didn't give each other that sort of pressure. So um, until this day, we've vowed never to work full-time. So we're, you know, we're um, in current um, part-time jobs. So... Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean that's taken a leap forward, but uh, so yeah, in terms of the evolution of things, um, uh, I'm gradually starting to put more visual art out on, on the streets and stuff, and what, going to what, protest. More. What do you What do you mean visual art on the streets? Could you explain what that means to an idiot yeah, like so, me? <laughs> um, so what we have? Okay, what do we have? Um, I've got some. Say, you know, I've got. A massive painting, right, that I'm doing at RMIT as a student, and it's fairly big, you know, so, you know, roughly two and a half metres by a metre and a half high, so, you know, fairly long and big. Um, I'm thinking, oh, don't have a car, how the hell am I going to get it home? And so I started to take them on the train, as you do, (laughs) as a student, (laughs) and um, and lo lo and behold, on, on a non-windy day, um, it ended up being a perfect exhibition um, method. So, right. And you didn't I, have to pay uh, gallery fees or... Uh... Yeah, exactly. So um, it just all, like, you know, went together in my mind, like this yeah. sort of yeah. revelation. Um, yeah. You know, let's just, you know, take a painting to the city, you know, try to actually walk in the National Gallery, gallery and holding a painting and just saying, you know, it's actually my property like like you carry a handbag or something yeah. you know I just incidentally I'm walking in with it you know didn't you have to check yeah. it in at the cloak uh, cloak <laughs> yeah that's right well ideally <laughs> ideally they would have done that you know yeah. but um, well they just called know. the police and threw you out is yeah. that what happened <laughs> no I didn't get uh, didn't get to go in but um <laughs> yeah but it was yeah it was that logic hey like yeah. you yeah. Uh, it's just something you happen to have oh I just you know I 
painted this while I was in the city. Yeah, it's one, and, two uh, metres by 1.5 metres. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just wanted to drop by the gallery before I go home. Yeah, yeah, I just want to lean it against the water feature. Yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) And I don't want to lean it the paint side against the wall because that might dirty the wall, so I have to leave it facing out. Right, people's eyes. Yeah, yeah, and I don't have enough money right now to buy bubble wrap to cover it over, so it just happens to be an exhibition. Right. Yeah, so... And at the same time, I'm realising, you know, I can't just have heavily internalised, introverted messages on on the canvases. So I started to wear wear the um, artworks um, politically, you know, um, yeah. and oh, you know, not wear them, but you know, carry them right. with right. more specific messages. And stuff. Yeah, look, look, uh, as you know, this is radio. And uh, the producer yeah. is not good enough to actually put us on the net while we're interviewing you. If people want to look sure. at your work, is there any way they can look at it um, in a virtual sense? Obviously, they're not going to all be hanging around the National Gallery at five o'clock watching you <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> put something up <laughs> against the wall. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, so, I'm still at the website um, vantrud.net. So, it's basically van. V-A-N dash yep. or hyphen mm-hmm. <laughs> van hyphen t hyphen rod dot net but I haven't um, as you do you just don't keep up with your website these days so it's more uh, you, you better see more stuff on the Instagram which is interestingly now I go by the name of vanishing so V-A-N dot uh, yeah V-A-N dot nishing like N-I-S-H-I-N-G. Um, and that's my Instagram. Uh, I have a TikTok now that I use with that name. And um, and Twitter I don't really use, but it's there as well. Um, but, yeah, or you just, just Google my name, and it generally comes up with um, some visual art examples and, and things like that. So um, I'm a bit of a mess social media-wise. Um, yeah, so... So you're not... You're not... You're not a, you're not getting the same type of money Banksy's making. Is that correct? Yeah, you'd be right there. Um, <laughs> uh, so, but look, uh, so what yeah, you're using a part time work to support your what you really want to do is that you and your partner is that how the way you live your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do um, part time school maintenance, and um, it's uh, yeah, it's just perfect for for what I do. And mm. um, yeah, so. Money-wise, I do have a children's book out. Well, it's been out for a few years now um, with uh, the author Max, Maxine Beniba-Clark. Mm. And, um, and that, you know, brings in, you know, about 300 every six months. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, so I could survive on that if, if I wanted to, really. Yeah, you know? Well, you know, so you, <laughs> you, you were smart enough as, a, as an illustrator to... Uh, do a uh, royalties deal instead of selling your work one off. Is that correct? Uh, well, you must have been to get three hundred yeah. a month, yeah. Cause, <laughs> yes, because 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 yeah, a, a lot of the big I, publishing companies they just oh, pay yeah, the artists just a one off and say piss off. Yeah, yeah, no, it was they're nasty. I mean, look, yeah. any any massive publishing company is going to be nasty. So they, you know. Um, not the workers that are working with me on that, but uh, yeah, I know the company as a whole. Yeah, yeah. It's just nasty. so yeah, the fact you know, that, whatever yeah. it is, you get the tiny, tiny royalty at yeah, the end, and yeah, um, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, well, so uh, are you working in any particular uh, medium, in any particular direction currently? Oh, yeah, good question, because things have changed. Things have changed. Uh, and I really need to just get it off my chest, because this is the first time I've been able to discuss it properly. Um, so basically, I do cardboard works now, sculpture. I've, I've come back to sculpture um, and putting them on the streets again. So people might have seen I did some hyper-realistic sculptures um, under the style of sort of um, Mark Jenkins from the United States who was basically doing, you know, life-size figures uh, wearing, you know, uh, normal-looking clothes. And, you know, uh, that, that sort of sculpture that you, you sort of can't help but look at um, and wonder what's going on. Um, I did that for a while and I stopped that and did some murals and um, and then I just uh, was a bit tired of trying to find walls to do murals on because um, due to the you know, the harsh penalties of, of you know, just doing graffiti mm-hmm. against the law, you know, on private property, uh, you sort of ask people now these days to you know, do something on, on a wall with permission on a private wall with permission, and um, it just got a bit hard to find new walls and stuff. So um, I went back to doing sculpture, but this time like big sculptural heads made out of cardboard and um, in a 3D sort of format coming out of um, the fence. So it's, the choice of fence is usually the, um, the chain link fences that you see in lots of places. Right. Yeah, and so it can leave stuff, you know, in really crowded spots. So. Mm. Uh, that's the new medium now, so mm. I'm really loving it. Mm. So basically, you're not doing art for profit. You're doing art because you want to do it. Yeah, you're right there. Yeah, um, yep. No, there's no cynicism. Nothing. It's just, um, just pure, pure wanting to get it out there. Purely wanting to show people um, my thoughts and views on the world, and um, and just getting it out into populated areas and. Um, and hopefully people see it. So that, that's the main aim. And, and, you know, of course, it's to change the world for the better and, and uh, inspire people to do the same. Mm. So if people see some of your work and they think it's your work, is there a, a contact point they can get back to you to either give you uh, brick brick bats or bouquets? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Um, so, yeah, if people want to leave a message or contact me if they see something, I usually put my Instagram link link with it, right. uh, and which is at vanishing uh, at v a n dot n n dot n i s h i n g. If I don't do that, then um, that's just <laughs> unfortunate because I should do it, uh, right. and yeah. it's just a nasty mistake on my behalf. But yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I just you know just love it when people share the stuff online and. It uh, doesn't matter if it gets linked back to me or not. But, um, right, right. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So that's basically if people want to send me a message, please do. I always love feedback with those things. Because yeah. yeah. you, you put a lot of effort into it and that's what you, feedback's all. It's like, it's like when you broadcast, you, you like to get a bit of feedback occasionally. So Yeah, for sure, sure, sure. Yeah, in the last few minutes we have, you've been on the planet for nearly 50 years and, mm. and you may find this hard to believe, but we do have young listeners. There must be one under 50 somewhere listening to this. Uh, <laughs> this. I was, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about 
3CR audience these days and who would it be, yeah. So oh, I, I, I'd say you'd be right, there'd be a growing younger audience. Yeah, so um, have you got any advice? I mean, you seem to have come to an equilibrium as far as your life is concerned. You know, the yeah, angry right. young... The angry young activist has become the cool, you know, cool-headed destroyer of the system. So, have you got any uh, any uh, oh, advice on how to survive? Yeah. How to survive for so long? Not actually, not making yeah. so much money. You know, not following the you know the golden yeah, trail. You know, you've gone down yeah, the forest path. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. Uh, yeah, just to be brief, I reckon. Um, um, if I was to try and get inside the minds and bodies of young people these days, you know, I don't envy the situation. I think you've got a hell of a struggle. Um, and, I mean, don't we all, but but um, more so younger people, given the, you know, the current stuffed-up phase of capitalism. And um, So I would say if you, you know, make a decision early, as early as you can, um, you know, if you want to commit yourself to being an act- activist or even a uh, visual artist in the activism world, um, then, um, yeah, make that decision to split your time up. Uh, get hunting now for jobs that you don't mind doing for a decade or, you know, five years even. It gives you a certain amount of time to dedicate yourself to to um, being creative with your activism. Uh, and... Um, yeah, just also importantly, just giving yourself time to research, um, uh, you know, the left and, and the left-wing politics that's out there and uh, how to analyse the world. Because um, that, to me, is so important um, when constructing artwork. And it gives, if anything, it gives you a shortcut into producing your work if, you, if you're an artist. Um, so, um, yeah, it doesn't make you slave over something you know, what am I going to say with this? What am I going to say with that? It gives you a bit more direction. Uh, yeah, and just that, that's pretty much it. Just um, mm-hmm. decide as early as you can. Things will change, no doubt. You know, revolution could be on the horizon. Um, or at least, you know, we all know, you know, it's messy times before revolution. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, hopefully that equips people out there, my bit of advice, um, you know... Uh, it's not easy giving advice. No, it isn't. <laughs> but, um, no. Yeah. Well, you've got experience. That gives you the right to give advice. <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. bit of experience. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's just good to see, I must say, good to see all these younger people you know, engaged in activism way before I ever did. You know, that, that's just um, a real bonus there. Mm. Well, Mr Van Rudd, it's been a pleasure having a chat with you. Hopefully people will... Uh, log on to your work i've uh, followed it uh, over many years and uh, oh, all, great. All, yeah all i can say is um, keep doing what you're doing and if you get to 100 can you invite me to your 100th birthday party please oh i hope i get to 100 too well, yeah, likewise get... too i hope you get there so. <laughs> well i'm happy to yeah. invite you to my 100th i'm going to live to 102 i've decided and uh, <laughs> talking to people right. of your, talking to people of your caliber who've made such a significant contribution to australian life not in the traditional way but in a, a different way which uh, isn't respected in this country i think uh, uh, it's been a pleasure oh, that's great yeah no, it's been a pleasure um uh, thanks so much joe and, and kelly for inviting me on um yeah it's just always an honor um i don't really 
get to tell stories like that. So I really appreciate it. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.